Rebecca Kohler. Welcome to showbizmonkeys.com. Around this town, I'm alright. Around this town, I'm alright. I mean, no consequence when you're playing with the fire. I guess I would like to start off by just kind of asking you if comedy was something that you were always interested in, or did it come to you kind of later on as you were growing up? Um, I think it was definitely something I was always interested in. We watched a lot of comedy, like at my house. Uh, we liked funny movies, and then I think I was it was a, I was about ten years old when I first made someone laugh, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that's amazing." I want to do that all the time. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, that was when I was 10. And then uh, I think I always secretly wanted to be a stand-up comic, but I was afraid and I would talk about doing it. But of course, I never thought I actually would. And then I was like 23 when I finally did. Okay, so you had the inclination, but you didn't make the jump until a little bit into adulthood. Yes. Were you involved in maybe not stand-up, but like other comedy-related things before that? Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, in high school, I went to a performing arts high school in Ottawa called Arts Canterbury High School, and uh, I did a lot of improv there, and um, it was actually improv classes that helped me, uh, improv actually helped me uh, get picked on less, because I used to get picked on a lot, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I learned to be funny through improv and, like, come up with a comeback. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of improv there, and then I gravitated towards stand-up because um, I remember I didn't get on the improv team that I wanted to get on, and it made me really angry. I was like, I don't <laughs> want someone else telling me like what I can or can't do, and with stand-up, you're your own person, so that's how stand-up came about. Now, how long into uh, your stand-up career, you say you started around 23, uh, did you did you start to realize, hey, this is something that I can do for the rest of my life? Um, <laughs> are you there yet? <laughs> well, that was 11 years ago. I, 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 you know, I guess I'm there, but it's such, um, it's such a love hate relationship. I always say stand up is like, um, an abusive boyfriend who you really love. <laughs> um, cause you know, it's a hard life and you don't necessarily make lots of money, blah, blah, blah. But at, at, at the end of the day, I think it is kind of at the center of who I am. And I think, if I stopped doing stand-up completely, I would always feel kind of a gap in my life. So, yeah, it's probably about just like three years ago where I was like, I'm getting good enough at this that I think I could do this for the rest of my life. You've also been able to kind of transition the stand-up into doing comedy writing. Yeah. Um, is that something you want to do more of? I know you've written for This Hour's 22 Minutes and a few other things. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's an excellent side effect of being a stand-up comic. Uh, those jobs, obviously, again, they like pay more than your average stand-up gig, um, <laughs> and it's fun and it's creative. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely something I would like to do more of um, as it comes. Now, now with your material itself, I've watched. Uh, you know, some of your stand-up online, I've never seen you in person mm-hmm. or anything, but um, it, it struck me as, as intelligent and kind of turns a lot of things on their heads. You're not quite expecting them to go the way that uh, you, you might be at the very beginning when you're when you're uh, watching your stand-up. Is that, uh-huh. is that something you're consciously, like, aware of as you're writing your, your material? Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's something I'm conscious of. I think it's the way I think. Mm-hmm. And I am conscious that I think that way. 
but I don't know that I'm actually like, now I'm going to take this where no one expects it. It's just, I think the way no one expects something. <laughs> well, then it, it's a great byproduct of the way you think then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think so. Uh, and, um, yeah, I do, like, I do remember, often when I'm talking about a specifically female issue, I like to tell it, this is, I am very conscious about this, I like to tell those jokes from a male's perspective. Okay. So I'm talking about a woman's issue, but I kind of take the guy's side so that I'm still getting those issues out there, but the guys are still into it. Mm -hmm. At this point in your career, 11 years into doing stand-up, have there been any really big, like, momentous shows or, or things that have happened to you where you're like, okay, this is this is a big deal? Um, my answer to this question is kind of depressing. Um in that, yeah, there have been big things. Like, you strive to get this, and then you get it, and you're like, awesome! But then you do that thing, and your life is the same after. <laughs> um, so, there have definitely been those momentous occasions, and, like, I appreciate them in that they show me that, that I'm good at this, and I'm doing the right thing. But I realized a few years ago that I think my method of being happy in this business is to just take the ride and not kind of you know, wait for the the gold pot. Right. Because it really is, it's a kind of, you're constantly hustling, like one thing ends, what's the next thing? Regardless of notoriety or the size of a thing, have has there been like a couple moments where it's just been the most fun you've ever had and you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this, this is amazing. Well, to be honest, those moments probably happen, you know, like on a Friday night at Yuck Yucks. Like yeah. just, you know, a good show is like, you know, the purest heroin. <laughs> it you just feel so amazing, and yeah, the, but those those awesome highs come at very uh, kind of uh, everyday moments. Right, but I'm sure they but, they they also help you kind of keep going. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The moments you live for. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people think the moment they're living for is like the Just for Laughs festival. And that would be great, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll have the most fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, speaking of festivals, I'm obviously talking to you as part of uh, the upcoming Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Yeah, very excited. Have you ever been to uh, Winnipeg to perform before? Uh, I have done a debaters in Winnipeg. Okay. And I've actually been to Winnipeg several times in my life, not to perform. Just on your own. Are you excited to be a part of the festival this year? Oh, big time, yeah. Uh, you're doing a debaters, of course, uh, on on the Sunday, as well as a gala show. Now, I, I've heard you talk about, you know, the kind of idea of female comedy and how it's a, a little unfair to be referred to as female comedy when other professions don't have that, yet you're on a female <laughs> comedy gala bill. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that, that whole thing and featuring, you know, all these funny women together? Um, I have mixed feelings and of course i don't want to um insult the festival oh, i'm yeah, really yeah. excited to be on the show um and i'm actually currently this weekend performing on an all-female weekend i think there's pros and cons like the thing that bothers me about it is that we're i feel like we're clumped together because we're kind of like show ponies or something <laughs> and so you know i'm kind of like we're just comics can't you just put us on regular shows at the same time, like I was thinking last night, there are like five funny women on this show, and it brings it home that women are funny. There's five of us in a row, half the crowd are men, and they're all laughing. Mm -hmm. So I 
do like, in a way, um, the power that bringing women together can can bring. And it's not like you're you're being excluded from other shows. You're taking part in the Dark and Stormy show. That is true. Which is a notoriously dirty show. Are you looking forward to being able to kind of uh, go a little uh, harder with some of your material? Uh, yeah, it's funny. I somehow managed to do my dirty jokes on other shows. <laughs> But there is a there is an amazing freedom when you know you're on a dirty show and and the audience knows that it's going to be edgy or dirty. Um, you, you feel less apologetic. I tend to feel some of my jokes. I wrote them and I love them, but I'll be telling them to a regular crowd and I'll be like, I'm so sorry that I'm saying this. <laughs> um, but on a dark show, you just you, you know they're up for it. So it's it's really it's really fun for me. Yeah, but it'll be it'll still be like. It won't be special material just for dark shows. It'll be stuff you tell in regular... It'll be some, but I do, there are a few jokes that I don't really tell at normal shows that I'll probably bring out for that show. Beyond the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, because there are people that will be listening to this that uh, aren't in Winnipeg in April or ever in Winnipeg, um, mm-hmm. what else do you have coming up in the next uh, couple months? Um, later in April, I will be at the Halifax Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. So if anyone in Halifax is listening, uh, come check that out. I think it's the weekend of the 28th. And I'm actually going on a trip to Israel with uh, through Yuck Yucks with six other comics, and I'm very excited about that. Oh, when is that? That's uh, first week of June. Are you being very conscious about like how you're going to craft your set? I'll admit, I am very, very curious to perform in Israel. Uh, I don't know at all what it's going to be like um but i'll probably just um do my stuff and hope that it sells in another country otherwise you'll end up overthinking it oh absolutely yeah showbizmonkeys.com